This Tridio production is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and made possible by you, our listener. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit tridio.com slash donate. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode number 37. I'm a doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Doctor Who Spare Parts It's taken six years training, but the sky's the limit today as mankind sets out on its mission to see the stars. This area is restricted to civilians. Why? What aren't we supposed to see? I saw your friend. Seemed like an amiable chap. The doctor? At dots. What were you doing there? Uh... What's happening? Oh, power cut. Just when I got the lights on. Sounds like your society's in its death throes. Not the end of the world, you could be right. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe Mondas doesn't have a future after all. Emergency generators! Get the backup generators running! Keep moving. It's too dark to see. No one leaves. No one. How dare you, Zheng! All this is my work! I created you! And I am superior to you! Be proud while you still have the capacity! That travesty that was once a human being is part of me. I don't know how long it'll take. I'm not even sure I want to stop it. But I can give you a wake-up call. It's up to you, not me, to change things and stop this horror once and for all. Clear these streets. Return. Hi, I'm Don Petnelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the BBC, BBC series Doctor Who, which is easy for me to say. Today, we're discussing spare parts. Uh, if, if you're wondering what that is, uh, it's not an episode of Doctor Who that you missed uh, on the TV show. In fact, it's a big Finnish audio play. What does big Finnish audio play mean? We'll tell, that, tell you in a second. But first, joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika from Malta, Montana. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very good. And uh, Jimmy Aiken from San Diego. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about spare parts. Um, it's a big Finnish audio play. If you, if you go to bigfinish.com, uh, you will find lots of uh, lots and lots of um, stories there. Jimmy, what, you, you're the one who introduced uh, me to Big Finish. T- tell the listeners uh, a little bit about what Big Finish is. Sure. Uh, so Big Finish is a company in England that makes audio plays. And uh, you can get these either on CD or what I do is I just download them. Um, <clears throat> they they have actually a bunch of different uh types of plays that they do based on different intellectual properties, some of which they've created themselves. But they also do things like, in addition to Doctor Who, they do Dark Shadows audio plays. They do um, Dorian Gray audio plays. They do Dan Dare audio plays. Dan Dare is another kind of British sci-fi series. But what they're really famous for is having licensed Doctor Who 
uh, audio plays from the BBC. So the BBC lets them make these plays officially. Um, and what they've done is they've gotten actors from, and in some cases writers, but particularly actors from the Doctor Who series to to serve as the actors in these plays. So you can listen to new stories. Let's say you like Tom Baker's Fourth Doctor. You can listen to brand new stories featuring Tom Baker as the Fourth Doctor, uh, having adventures with the same companions you've already known, like um, like uh, Leela or Romana and so forth, played by the exact same actors that were on the TV show. And so uh, these are, um, you know, actually rather canonical, which is kind of unusual for a sci-fi franchise. Often the spinoff media are not canonical. They're just kind of fun stuff. Here they actually kind of are canonical, and the TV show will sometimes refer to things that have happened in the audio plays. And a recent example of that was in The Doctor Falls, where we saw an origin of the Cybermen on the TV show, but the Doctor refers to previous times Cybermen have originated, either in the comic books or on Mondas, and that's a reference to this play, Spare Parts, which is one in which Peter Davidson's fifth Doctor visits Mondas and witnesses the origin of the Cybermen on that planet. So... These are considered canonical, and therefore the stories connect. Uh, that's a big aspect of it for me. Um, it's sort of like the difference between like Star Trek has novels that that are not considered canon. They like mm-hmm. they they in fact they contradict each other. Whereas Star Wars very famously has novels that are can the novels are part of the continuity of the Star Wars universe. And then when Disney bought Star Wars, they took a whole bunch <laughs> of those and said, well, not anymore. Uh, although they could, they do continue to bring characters in from those and and make them canonical again. Uh, but they, but all of the ancillary media has to be has to fit in with the the continuity of the main story, and that's what we have here. So, like you said, you, you know, if you like, go ahead. In in this case, where there where there are contradictions generated um, between different media, they the standard explanation is the time war is resulted has resulted in history being rewritten. Okay. So it's it's all canonical, even if the time war has changed stuff. Wibbly wobbly, timey whiny. <laughs> Wave your hand at it. And moving on. <laughs> so. Uh, so that's big finish, and so uh, we, we a few weeks ago we asked people to, um, you know, if they're interested to to go to big finish and download this uh, this particular audio play. They're generally they can be inexpensive. Um, this one for a time we were very lucky. Uh, we uh, when we if you jumped in as soon as we told you this was on a special for ninety nine cents the uh, the spare parts, uh, but I think it's normally around three or four dollars. Some of them they seem to be as much as eight or nine dollars. So it's sort of you know for the newest stuff, uh, right? Right, and um, and and this this with spare parts was about two hours long, two hours of audio. So nice long story, um, and yeah. So let's let's like f- let's kind of set the background here. This story takes place um, in the time of the fifth Doctor and his companion Nissa. Jimmy, can you can you give me a little bit of the background here of the fifth Doctor and Nissa and where? where this story fits within the, the larger whole? Sure. 
So the fifth doctor uh, was played by Peter Davison, and he at the time was the youngest of the of the people to play the doctor. He was kind of classic who's equivalent of Matt Smith. Uh, he was young. He was likable. He was uh, humble compared to some of the other doctor incarnations. And he was known for wearing a cricket suit with a stalk of celery on the lapel. That was his visual distinctiveness. And they eventually explained why he did that. Um, but uh, he was traveling at the beginning of his adventures with a companion named Nissa, who was introduced at the very end of Tom Baker's era. Uh, Nissa was uh, from another planet, and she called Trocken, and she was uh, someone who had a lot of expertise in both uh, technology. She was mechanically adept, and also in biology. She had some medical mm -hmm. knowledge, and so she was able. Uh, unlike some companions, to to um, to run the TARDIS. Uh, she was from a technologically advanced civilization that was also very spiritual, and uh, and she has a distinctive in that she's the last survivor of her race. Her planet was wiped out, and her father, in particular, was uh, his body was taken over by the master who had run out of regenerations. And so to get a new regeneration, the master seized her father and turned him into his next regeneration. So Nyssa has a personal enmity with the master. And there's uh, her, her humble nature is kind of on display in this, if you know that background, because in spare parts, there's a line where one character whose sister has just been turned into a Cyberman says to her, oh, whoever have you ever lost? And she just glides right past that. Nissa doesn't say anything about mm -hmm. having lost her entire race or her father. And that just kind of shows you her personal grace in dealing with other people. Um, in terms of when this is set, uh, it's shortly after <clears throat> apparently the most famous death of a companion mm -hmm. in Doctor Who history, which is the death of Adric. Adric was a young boy. He was a mathematical genius. He was also rather annoying as a companion. <laughs> <clears throat> and he got written out of the show in an episode called Earthshock, which was a Cybermen episode. And uh, he died trying to defeat the Cybermen. And so since this is an origin story for the Cybermen, both not only the Doctor knows who they are, but Nyssa knows who they are and knows that they're responsible for the death of Adric. And that comes up in the show. And Father Corey, is this a, a, a Doctor and companion you're, you're at all familiar with from uh, your oh, yes. viewing? Oh, yes. You know, I, I grew up uh, watching Classic Who. Uh, I know I've mentioned that before. I, I've been watching Classic Who since I've been about like eight, eight or nine, you know, very young. And yeah, I mean, that was around the time that Peter Davidson was still relatively new as the doctor. You know, we were getting his episodes over from um, Great Britain, you know, usually within a year or two after they first broadcast. So, yeah, I was, you know, I'm very familiar with Peter Davidson. I okay. grew up watching him along with, you know, of course, Tom Baker and the other right. classic doctors of that era. Okay. So, and I, so yeah, these are, these are characters that are very familiar to me and, you know, very well known, you know, as we're listening to this audio drama, I can picture these characters perfectly. Right. I spend so much time watching them. So I should mention now at this point uh, it, that it, it's probably obvious, but I'll say it anyway, uh, that there will be spoilers. If you have not listened to 
spare parts yet and 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 want to be unspoiled you should pause this podcast and go and and listen to it first because we're going to discuss everything that happens in the episode uh spoilers and all uh so um just, well, not everything. Well, yes. Well, we, we'll, we, we only have so much time. It is a two-hour uh, uh, audio play. So with that, um, we, let's do a, a just a recap. We're not going to go through it scene by scene, but how about a, a, just a, a, a recap of the events, Jimmy, of, of what, what happens here? So uh, we, we uh, start on the planet Mondas, and this is Earth's long-lost twin planet. It used to orbit on the opposite side of the sun from us, but then it drifted off into space, and its atmosphere froze, and the people started having to live underground. And the Doctor and Nyssa materialize in a city which the Doctor at first thinks is 1950s London. But uh, Nyssa points out it's not. We're underground in a giant cave. And it gradually comes out that they're on Mondas. And the Mondasians are still at this point largely human, but the process of becoming uh, mechanicalized and becoming Cybermen has started. So we meet various characters who are already partly cybernetic. And we start to meet characters like members of the police force who apparently are full Cybermen now. And they've been developing uh, into Cybermen because their resources have been running out and their population has been diminishing. And there is a mysterious central committee that is controlling their society and trying to help it survive. But in order to do that, they've been progressively mechanicalizing everybody. And so we meet various characters who are involved in that process. And the doctor and Nyssa uh, get wrapped up in events. The doctor initially wants to get out of there, but he's too tempted to stay. And then he thinks maybe he can influence their history in a positive direction. And then he actually gets seized upon as a potential template to help the Cybermen against his own will. And so that kind of drives us into the final act of the story when uh, a physician named Dr. Man Allen of Mondas is using the doctor as a template for all future Cybermen. Well, that I found to be a very interesting um, aspect of of the this origin story for Cybermen is that, in fact, the, the, but without the doctor, the Cybermen would never have been it's, as the story kind of tells us, would never have been that much of a threat to the to the galaxy at large. Mm -hmm. But it's because they pick up unique traits from the Doctor that they have this ability to um, to to go out into the galaxy and 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 well thrive thrive and to absorb people uh, as they do. Um, I found that like a, a fascinating explanation for the doctor's unique not unique but this why they are among like at the, at the level of the daleks as enemies of the doctor because he's in in them is his you know his or his essence is in them i found that very interesting yeah and it's obviously you know a point of irony of here he is trying to affect their history in a positive way and then he ends up making things worse so it's uh, it's it's uh, particularly painful for the doctor. Yeah. Uh, in well, that regard. Well, it was interesting, too, because you see the end, you know, as the doctor is leaving, it, it's like he thinks, oh, I've done something to stop this from going forward. And then like the next scene is immediately we need to restart processing. 
Right. He hasn't achieved the good he thought. Right. We end sort of, you know, with a a double ending where we have one end where we think that they've they've circumvented, they've counteracted the the Cybermen, that the planet has been saved and they won't all be, you know, the, the Cybermen and the real humans will live in peace and then... You know, uh, wham. Yes, we they, we get the 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 turnaround on us. So the the relationship of this episode, this this story, it it relates to the tenth planet episode of the first Doctor, which is the regeneration of the first Doctor, um, uh, William Hartnell. William Hartnell. Um, in that story, and we're gonna we'll, we'll later on we'll we'll have a, an episode of our of Secrets of Doctor where we look at that a little in depth. But in that story. Uh, Mondas is draining the earth of energy. Is and I'm trying. I couldn't figure out. Does the events of spare parts take place before or after the events of Tenth Planet? Before, uh, because by the time and they allude to this in spare parts that their Mondas has been wandering in space away from the solar system. In this audio play, they're near something called the Cherry Nebula which is affecting them badly and kind of plays a role in the crisis we hear in the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, they talk about how eventually Mondas will wander back to its original star, and that's what we see in the 10th planet. Okay. And also by that point, everybody on Mondas is a Cyberman. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And it was, kind of in, it was interesting to see how the Cyberman developed in this episode, where it wasn't the initial intention was to create Cybermen for Cybermen's sake. It was to create almost like spacesuits. Right, you know that people could survive out in the harshness of inter uh, between interstellar. I guess is the right word, space, because they need to go up on the surface of their planet to deal with the fact they're near the Cherry Nebula that's exactly. causing problems. Right, they were exactly. building thrusters that were going to change the course uh, that the planet was on, and and so we have this this um, the central committee which. The voices were fully mechanized. They sound like the silence from the original Battlestar Galactica. Um, and in fact, uh, some folks were complaining that they found it very hard to understand uh, in the audio play. And, I, and, uh, yeah, and the I, central committee does have it's it is kind of hard to understand at points. Uh, and so we have the central committee that they that, that uh, the idea is conveyed that they have been fully mechanized and they're all about efficiency. Uh, mm-hmm. But but most of Mondasian society is still. They is still human. They're not interested in becoming Cybermen, and in fact, they don't even think of the like. The, the, there's this family that the Doctor and this like encounter um, uh, a father and his son and daughter, um, and they 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 get this idea that, or they they can you have this idea that people who enter into this service who, who go or sent to the surface to serve all of their society will you know. They're just putting on suits and going to serve, and they'll come back someday. And except mm-hmm. no one has ever had one of them come back. And in fact, w- what we find out is, is these people are being fully converted. They're not just putting on you know suits or having augmentation. They're being fully converted into Cybermen. And not many of them are surviving up on the surface even then. Right. And the father in the family realizes that, you know, this is happening, but his children, especially his son, like Mm -hmm. a lot of young men want to volunteer to go fight in the war. His son really wants to volunteer to go up on the surface and and is actually kind of resentful that his father is discouraging this because he views it as a glorious way to serve his society. And and in fact, they have... um... It's very interesting that certain aspects of the society, they have um, 
you had, we had talked about this before uh, when we were talking about the 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 um, this the Mondasian Cybermen that Mondas they they have this tendency or this 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 quirk where everyone has this job uh, yeah. is Doctor Man, Sister Man, yep. Cyberman, etc. Um, and yeah. so you have these Sister Man or Sister Men who they. Are they nurses? What is their? What, well, do you, what did you take it to their role to be? So, 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 just to, I, I, this is one aspect. Just to back up for a second, this is an aspect of their culture I really like. It's kind of based where they have man on the end of everything. It's kind of like in India, they do that with jobs and the word wala, where a wala is a person who does this job. Okay, and so they introduce it in this series kind of slyly, where we first hear about crewmen. So and so is going up on the up yep. on the roof of the world, mm -hmm. and then from crewmen we start branching out, and like electricians are referred to as electromen, and mm -hmm. um, we ha have these two female characters, uh, Sister Man Constant, who is a Sister Man, and uh, and and then Doctor Man Allen, who is a doctor, and actually uh, Doctor, yeah, I'll, I'll use the phrase just for clarity, Doctor Who is at one point referred to as this guy says he's a doctor man. And mm -hmm. right. I like that little touch. In terms of what a sister man is, it apparently is a hybrid of a few different roles um, based on British culture. In Originally, a sister is a nun. And it's clear that Sister Man Constant is a nun. She talks about her order. She's constantly saying things to people like heaven bless you and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But in England, also, nuns became uh, nurses. And so it's common in British hospitals to refer to a nurse as sister. And so uh, Sister Man Constant is not only a uh, a nun, she's also a medical professional, not a doctor, but apparently in a kind of nursing role, except also in England, the government took over health care. And so, <laughs> so today, um, nurses work for the government. And so that's what Sister Man Constant does, is she's a health care worker for the government. And what she does is she goes around to different people in her ward and examines them. And if they have significant medical problems, she refers them to be turned into Cybermen. So she's mm. she refers to herself as a selector. She's a person who selects who's going to be converted in this era before everybody gets converted. And and there's this, there's a very strong um, uh, um, significant moment where she says, "No, you can't convert me. I you you can't have a Cyberman doing my job of selecting." Right. Uh, and then they're told her, "Well, your job is now obsolete because everybody's been selected." Um, right. Yeah. But it's we they're like there's they're selecting the weak, the those who are most uh, you know the 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 biggest drain on societies maybe. Right. So Yvonne, one of the characters we meet, has tuberculosis, which was a, a, a threat, you know, back in, in the in the earlier in the 20th century. And she's been kind of keeping the tuberculosis at bay with pills, but she doesn't she's not really getting well. And so Sister Man uh, Constant refers her to be converted into a Cyberman to go work on the surface. Yeah, it, this you know we have a Cyberman, we have a centralized administration, we have the Central Committee. I mean, this really feels like uh, a an, you know an, an analogy toward you know a, a communism or socialism. I mean that this is what mm -hmm. we're that the the idea is, is um 
in some ways, some have, I've seen some people describe, Cybermen are Doctor Who's uh, commentary on communism, and Daleks are Doctor Who's commentary on Nazism. Uh-huh. I mean, is that... Apropos. Okay. Very, yeah. In, I was interested uh, in spare parts. There's a moment where they have the Central Committee is in a palace, and apparently this was occupied by a former group of decadent rulers that were then overthrown in favor of the Central Committee. And so it's kind of like the communist revolution in Russia, you know, where they took over the Kremlin yep. and so forth. Um also, I was intrigued by a particular line. We meet a character who is rather shady, and apparently what he does is he traffics in spare body parts. Mm -hmm. So you could like if you have a if you have if you need a new heart or a new lung or something, he's the guy you want to go see. And he's not overly particular about where he gets these parts from. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, now that cyber conversion is happening, people are starting to get mechanical hearts and mechanical lungs. And at one point he complains saying, well, that's what happens when government funding gets involved. There goes my living. <laughs> and for a show that, whose, sympath whose sympathies are normally big government, I, I kind of liked that sort of free market reference on the part of his character. That was uh, Mr. Dodd um, yeah. and then the family of the Hartleys, just to kind of uh, yeah, make that connection. Um, at one point, we, f we also find some Cybermats. These are the, uh, the little uh, rat-like cyber creatures. And one gets inside the TARDIS at, at one point. Uh, and and wreak some havoc inside. <laughs> yeah, this was I, I really loved this uh, aspect of the play because we've seen Cybermats before, and they look kind of like little mechanical worms. Um, and they do they, they they're kind of in the TV show they're servants servants of Cybermen that do nasty things to you. They can bite you, and you know they're a threat. Um, but then uh, in the audio play, we see kind of their origin, and they're like half rat, half robot creatures called mats and actually mr hartley is not a rat catcher but a mat catcher mm -hmm. you know which so based on a real world occupation he's got a device called a cheeser that he uses to stun the mats that he's catching and mm -hmm. uh and they're attracted to energy so they're attracted to the tardis yeah yeah that's that's again an interesting uh kind of take on it where they're they were rodents they were pests and then they got turned into and you see it in the play where some of them are used for things like surveillance, which you do see in the series that also gets used um, where they would use it for uh, patrolling halls or for following the doctor or somebody like that. You know, there would be a surveillance uh, platform. And we see that again with with in the series here where there are these mats coming at them. Oh, that's a you know, like a type 10 surveillance mat. Right, there's something along that line. They're almost uh, maybe we, in modern times we call them. You know, they'd be like the the like drones, like the, a cross yeah. between a drone, but also pets. They're they mean they 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 people ke are keeping them as pets as well, right? They're yep. sort of like a yeah, a, 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 and and they're not the only cybernetic pet either. Everything in their culture is being cyberized. So like yep. Vani has uh, the daughter has a trilby, which is a half bird, half robot that she keeps in a cage that will sing. That's mm -hmm. right. Now, uh, one of the aspects of this series, uh, the show is, is that it takes place on, on a, uh, um, in, on Mondas on a holiday. They're, they're having a holiday that involves uh, a tree and lights, 
but it's not Christmas, right? What was the holiday right. that they were celebrating? They don't ever name it. Uh, mm. The doctor, at first, when he thinks they're in London, he thinks they're they've arrived at Christmas in the 1950s, and they he sees what he assumes is a Christmas tree. But this is another case of Mondas as Earth's twin planet is right. like Earth in some ways, but not the same. And so they they have a religion that's sort of like Christianity, and they talk about churches, but it's the Church of Former Day Souls. And there's no mention of Jesus, and there's no mention by the Mondasians of Christmas, but they are having a holiday that kind of superficially resembles Christmas, mm-hmm. and um, and they have an alternative interpretation of the tree. Right. So they say the tree represents the forests that used to grow on the surface of Mondas, and the baubles on the tree, the ornaments, refer to the different planets that we pass on our long journey mm. that winds through the tree like the tensile. And then the star at the top is our original sun that we will one day get back to. <laughs> so I didn't, I hadn't caught the name of their church, which is a mm-hmm. very similar to uh, the Church of Latter Day Saints, the former Day right. Souls. It's very interesting. The, the Mormons, yeah, I, I just I did catch that either. That, that's that's pretty good. So the Mondasians are actually Mormons, <laughs> or in, inverse Mormons. Inverse. Mormons. <laughs> so uh, the, the the churches. That's one of the things that the the doctor notices very early in the story um, is that the the churches are all closed. And that the Cybermen are working by cover of night in the uh, in the graveyards by the churches, right? They're they're digging mm-hmm. up, digging up graves, digging up graves to to provide what what raw material for Cybermen, mm-hmm. right? Not unlike what Missy later does, right, on the TV show. Exactly, yep. uh, it makes you wonder whether that is uh, provided the inspiration for for that. So the the Central Committee needs to convert uh, more and more people, and it's doesn't have enough live bodies, so it's going after the uh, the 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 bodies that are in the ground uh, to provide uh, the 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 uh, spare parts, so to speak. Um, but the doctor uses the churches to to what to draw the he uses the, oh, that's what it is he draws the, uh, he uses the bells in the church to draw the attention of the populace to what's really going on um, and sets into motion right. events. You know the people to, to know what the central committee has been secretly doing and, and, and all and these, he's hoping to start a rebellion. Right. So it's very interesting. So we have uh, an aspect of religion in the episode. How deep does it go? I mean, uh, did you catch any more sense that religion was an important aspect of the, of the story? I didn't feel like it went much beyond that. No, my sense was just, this is, this is a mirror. It's kind of a twilight zone mirror image of earth. That's what Mondas is. And Mm -hmm. so they're including these elements because they were part of British culture, especially in the fifties, which is kind of the period that this episode resonates with, except it's the fifties, but with cybernetic technology. Okay. And, um, and so because it was a prominent aspect of British culture at the time, they give us a kind of funhouse mirror image of, of the culture, including religion, but it's mm-hmm. not really the central plot. It's, they're not really, they're not making any kind of statement about religion right. here. And I, I kind of got the feeling that there was almost a sense of, well, we had religion, but it's faded away. Um, you know, kind of what we frankly see in the Western yeah. uh, cultures anyways, where religion is less and less and less and less important to the point where it just kind of disappears. The church is closed, not because they were forced closed, but just because people stopped going. 
Well, and the do- it's not just in, in the city. It's not just the churches that are closed. The doctor notes that the movie theaters have mm-hmm. also closed. Yes. And he says all the old temples of worship. So he's counting exactly. both churches and movie theaters as temples of worship. Right. So in a way, I mean, it's it, it might also be sort of a bit of an indictment of, of the loss of art and culture, culture yes. and religion being included Wonder. in that, um, mm-hmm. how it leads to a loss of civilization. And a loss of identity. Dehumanization results in both the loss of religious wonder and the loss of cinematic wonder. Interesting. Exactly. Well, and and we also, you know, we talk about, or it talks about how the population of Mondas has been steadily declining. They have not been keeping up the population. Right. And of course, that's by the Central Committee's design, because eventually they want to get rid of these inefficient humans and make them all Cybermen. Right. Right. So a bit of population control going on in there as well. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, of the, the story I found very interesting was it was, it was kind of fun, but one of the things I, fu- I found most fascinating was Nissa actually. Um, mm-hmm. And she was, she was a very strong companion. Now, again, I come at Dr. Who from a standpoint of a, someone who only watched the new who, so I don't know the, the classic who. And I found her fascinating. I found her relationship with the doctor fascinating. The fact that she's an alien, that she's almost, she's an, an equal in many respects, technologically, especially. Um, and, and, and she really kind of brought it, you know, she's upset about what happened to Adric and kind of brings that to the doctor and, 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 and is mad at him in, at one point mm-hmm. because he won't change history. Yeah, and and she goes. She's not only technologically and intellectually his equal in many ways. She's morally equal. So if in this play she like holds him his feet to the fire on some moral issues, mm-hmm. like you haven't grieved properly for Adric, and you are both trying to have it both ways with regard to changing history here. You're both saying we shouldn't, but then you're doing things like trying to start mm-hmm. this riot. And so why don't you, in for a penny, in for a pound, why don't you go the whole way and just work to change it? And so she's kind of, she she's willing to stand up to him in these ways. Right. Right. And it's, it's kind of interesting to hear that now, um, you know, after 10 years of New Who, but this was actually released before New Who was even a thing. I was just looking yeah. on Big Finish's website. It was released in 2002. So three years before three, the new series started up again. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see that character because the, the stereotype of the classic who companion is the shrieker, you know, gets into trouble and immediately screams. And we've talked right. about that before on the series, uh, or on the, the podcast, but she always was kind of this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nissa was a very strong character. And what I like about her is also, she comes from this planet that's very spiritual and, and that has shaped her. So um, she has a strong moral sense, but she also has a lot of personal grace. And I kind of mentioned that like when she lets the who have you ever lost line just slide. But mm-hmm. it also comes out in other ways, too, where she realizes she's been imposing unintentionally because there's a curfew in the city that when she helped the father initially, she found that he was buried under a bunch of rubble. She helped him out. And then because of the curfew, he insisted that she come home with them. And they give her food, even though food is being rationed, and she doesn't want to cause them any trouble, and she's very humble about that and very generous. And uh, once she realizes that they've been giving her food that's rationed, she says, well, 
I'll get back, go back to the TARDIS and we'll send you some more food to replace this. And she's just very compassionate and gentle and just has a lot of personal grace. At the same time, she has a lot of personal strength. Right. And it, that, that, that her compassion has leads to that funny scene where she gives over the tea and the doctor's like, I was saving that because I got that. You know, I, I can't remember who it was that he yeah. got it from, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, some some big, big figure. And I, I received that. Name I was, drop. Yeah. And I was saving that for another time. You know, he was, yeah. he was a little put out by it. So um, just some of the other elements uh, that we may have liked or, or disliked about the the, the thing, I, I felt like Dr. Man Allen, it was sort of um, one note Sally there. I mean, she was constantly, she was constantly just wanting to go drinks somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it, She's clearly got an alcohol problem. Yeah. But it was almost, it was almost comical in how often they wanted her to, her, like her entire motivation seemed to be, ah, what the heck, never mind. Let's just go drink because everything's all going to, going to heck in a handbasket now. Uh, and it turns out that the alcohol is a key plot point because the doctor um, uses the alcohol in the nutrient uh, 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 tanks for the central committee to, to get them all smashed so they can't <laughs> interfere uh, with the doctor's plans. Uh, and it's but it was it's, I found it very fascinating that in this he turns some of the Cybermen against their central controller. The central committee mm -hmm. ends up becoming the cyber controller. Um, and he turns it like Commander Zhang, he, you know, uh, has a different opinion, quote unquote, uh, about what they should be doing um, as uh, to save the planet versus what the Central Committee does. Uh, that's that's very much unlike what we've seen from other cyber Cyberman stories, um, them acting independently of their of their cyber commander. So this is really very early stages Cyberman, um, of, of course, the. They're not quite the Borg yet. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. They don't all think uh, in one one mind just yet. This episode was inspired by uh, another episode from of Doctor Who. There was a TV story in Tom Baker's time called Genesis of the Daleks, where we got to see how the Daleks arose. And since the Cybermen are the other big enemy on Doctor Who, the, and they'd never done to that point a TV story with a Cyberman origin, th that's what inspired this audio play. And I think it was a really worthy successor. Um, I, 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 I think it's a great story. I would, I, I wish it was possible to see this as a TV story. Um, you know, the actors are too old now to do that, but maybe one day with computer technology, you know, we could see a video version. Um, but I really like it as a story. One of the things I like about it is the Mondasian Cybermen, they're not yet the fully robotized ones. And if you've seen them, you know that they're, I mean, they have the kind of cloth face covers mm -hmm. and the, in the original 10th planet, you could even see human hands. They didn't have hand, they didn't have gloves on. Right. Um, and so the body, if you know that the body horror is amped up and the way they, the conversions are partial in this really amplifies the body horror as well. Right. So for example, uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Hartley has a chest unit that because he's got a, he's had a heart problem. And so he's already mm -hmm. got kind of a Cyberman chest unit with a, 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 I guess, a Wankel rotary engine heart that has little paddles that spin around. And that's even influenced their culture. Mr. Dodd at one point when he's surprised says, oh, you get, really gave the paddles a turn. Right. And right. Um, 
So you see this in process. And then when Vani begins to get converted into a Cyberman and the process is interrupted, she's she had like wanted father to see her uniform before she went off to the surface. And so she comes back as this partially completed Cyberman to show father her uniform. Mm-hmm. And and that's neat. Also, um, there's some some neat comedy at one point where you have a bunch of Cybermen who are in the process of being converted when there's a power failure. And so their programming is incomplete. And mm-hmm. so they know we're the future. We have tasks to perform. And so they're like demanding of Dr. Man Allen and Sister Man Constant, tell us what our tasks are. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> um, so it's like your task right now is to wait. We will wait. And yeah. then like two minutes later, we have waited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like they're like toddlers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I also just love the the vocalizations. These are done by Nicholas Briggs, who's one yes. of the writer producers at Big Finish and who also does the voices, a lot of voices on the TV show, including voices of Cybermen and Daleks. Yep. Um, but they model the vocalizations at, for the Cybermen as opposed to the Central Committee. They model the vocalizations of the Cybermen after the original 10th Planet Cybermen, where they would just open their mouths and you hear this kind of sing-song voice come out. And it and they're so polite. I love how polite the Cybermen are. They're not ruffled by anything. So like at one point, a, a cyber policeman is talking to the doctor and you are a fugitive and are required for adjudication. <laughs> yeah. Just, no matter what they're doing, they're perfect gentlemen about it. Right, right. Well, it's and it's interesting to listen to this because, you know, as you're describing how these Cybermen look, of course, now we can go back to the last two episodes of season 10 and see that. You can see the chest plate as Bill is wearing one. You know, right. her heart, she, she obviously has a heart problem. It was destroyed. Yes. It was, you know, <laughs> shot out. Um, you know, we can see. And then, of course, once the conversion is done, what she looks like in the cyber suit. You know, we can kind of see that in, instead of just having to picture it in our mind, we can really get the image of what that looks like and really understand, you know, how horrible this would be, that they are so close to human, but they're obviously not anymore either. And and in the play, even though it's all audio, so we can't see that, you have to kind of fill that in. The way they do it in the stages is yes. what draws out the body horror, even if you don't have those images. Right. So the relationship between this story and the the the, the two episodes of the TV season we just uh, finished, um, where do you think, and this is just speculation because we never told it all, where do you think is the relation between the colony ship and Mondas itself? How like well, where do you think it fits in, Father Corey? Again, as as the uh, the 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 new season uh, kind of hinted at, or the Doctor basically said that there was parallel development. So, because uh, you know, throughout the series of Doctor Who, of course, we have this, we have the, you know the development of them on Mondas, and of course, that was the original description that they came from Mondas and then spread throughout the universe from there. Um, in the new series, towards the when the Cybermen were first re introduced uh they were actually from a parallel earth you know that it wasn't this uni- this universe in the multiverse it was another uh earth and another universe 
Um, and then, of course, the development on the uh, the colony ship as well, that these were parallel. And, of course, the colonists were Mondasian colonists. That's what I'm wondering is where – when at what point did those Mondasian crew – because, remember, this was only the crew going to pick up a colony uh, people. So – I mean, do you, this is all, of course, speculation. This has to have occurred before the end. That so the right what the the, the 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 TV shows had to have occurred before this spare parts episode, right? Well, Be I don't, I no, I don't think that's. I, I don't. I, I think there is a possibility that it could be after um, my sense because we see the rise of the Cybermen in both stories, both in. Mm -hmm. The Doctor Falls and in Spare Parts. And we know the colony ship came from Mondas, and so it must have come from a time before the Cybermen arose on Mondas. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Right. And, and and so uh, apparently, you know, Mondas was traveling through space and they, I guess, bought this colony ship to try to get some Mondasians off of Mondas. Right. It left. But um just like Mondas itself encountered the Cherry Bowl Nebula which caused problems leading to the rise of the Cybermen. This colony ship encountered a black hole leading to problems that led to the rise of the Cybermen. And so I would suppose that there may have been some common cultural elements that were already present in Mondasian culture at the time the colony ship left that led to the rise of the Cybermen there. Although that's not certain because the doctor says Cybermen arise wherever humanity arises. Hmm. And so... It's not. It wouldn't be necessary to propose cultural elements that were in common, but I, in my head canon, I assumed there were some. Right, and it, but to be clear too, this was the colony ship was just the crew going to fetch the colony ship. They were on their way back to Mondas to pick up right. their colonists. I well, no, there were humans. There were so there right. were the blue people like like George, right. who was a crewman, but there were Mondasian crew. Yeah, there yeah. were. There were crewmen. I, the 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 crewmen went down to the bottom of the ship to fire the reverse thrusters, and of course, because of the time dilation, they were they, they were, were stuck there, there for right centuries. But I, I think they'd already picked up. Well, no, they said mm -hmm. that they were they had just picked it up from the uh, factory, and were going to pick up the colonists because yeah. remember uh, George was surprised by how many people there actually were down mm -hmm. in the lower level, and the doctor should only explained been twenty. As the crew, but then Missy was looking at the computer that identified Mondas. Um, so I'm, hmm, I wonder if some of the crew were Mondasian. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Is I think the 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 crew was, uh, or at least a substantial portion of it were Mondasians. Correct. Okay. That was that's how I saw that as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's a speculation, but you know, as we try to fit it into the to the story arcs, that's that's where we uh, that's where we naturally go. Well, I mean, this is a. Uh, uh, as I've said before, we're, we're going to try to keep these um, uh, episodes of Secrets of Doctor Who in between the regular uh, series episodes a little shorter, uh, keep them a little um, um, uh, so we don't do two hour mega episodes like we don't normally do. Yeah. Um, so that was a season finale and a regeneration story. So we have an excuse for that. Exactly. One. Exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, that's that's the you know our discussion of uh, spare parts and a big finish audio play. Is this something folks would like to do more of? Do you want to do more big finish? Uh, what did you think of 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 doing an audio play? You know, let us know. You know, it's it's a little more difficult because it requires you to go out and buy a thing and listen to it before 
as opposed to you know just watching on TV or, or that sort of thing or or watching it streaming. Um, so you know we'll we'll by, see. By the way, yep. if if people would like a recommendation of some additional really good big, big finish to listen to, there's a play called Live Thirty Four that features Sylvester McCoy's Seventh Doctor. It is awesome. It is another thing I would love to see them do on the TV show. So check out Live 34 if you want another really good, high-concept, big-finish uh, play. Great. That's excellent. Um, good. So that's it from us for now. Um, again, what did you think of Spare Parts? If you listened to it, and what did you think of this format? Uh, let us know by visiting tridio.com, T-R-I-D-E-O.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. Leave us some feedback or send us an email to doctorwho at sqpn.com. You can find links to all of our uh, personal social media and websites on the show notes, which will be at tridio.com, as as well as uh, links to the audio play if you haven't heard it yet. Uh, We'll be back next week when we'll be discussing Rose, which is the first episode of the first season of the new Doctor Who, the first Christopher Eccleston episode. As we're looking at new, uh, getting a a new Doctor, the 13th Doctor, we're going to kind of look back at uh, introductions of Doctors, shall we say. Uh, And we'll be starting with Rose. Um, You should be able to find that streaming online. I think Amazon is now streaming Doctor Who. The new Doctor they Who. They have a bunch, yes. Okay, so Amazon Prime certainly does. Yeah, uh, it's no longer on Netflix, but uh, but you, I think you can also get it on iTunes. But you'd have to buy the episodes. Uh, but until next week, uh, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining us in the Secrets of Doctor Who. Always glad to be here. And Jimmy, thank you as well. My pleasure. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening. When will I see you again? Uh, soon, I expect, or later. One of those. 